Matthew chapter 16. We are looking at who Jesus, remember we were away praying, the Lord said, tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. So I've just been telling you on Sunday morning, keeping it simple but profound, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Uh, he's the name that's above every name. He is Savior. He is Lord. But there are so many things that he is and he wants to be to us. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 uh, says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, say, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And some say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And that's the question. It's really the question of the hour. Who do you say that he is? Because a lot of people have a lot of opinions. But you've got to know him for yourself. You know, the theme of our church, the motto, whatever you want to call it, the, the line that we are is not something that I just came up one day. It's what the Lord gave me so many years ago. This, we just celebrated 29 years, but I think maybe 27 uh, years in uh, ago, he gave me this. Raising up a generation from infants to adults. We start raising your children when they're infants. I want, we want you to help us. You do it. We're helping you to adults to know him. And one of the things that we've been very good about is teaching you who he is or, or helping you know him. But we're really working on this next part we have for a while. But we're, we're ready now to make him known. Because the world needs to know who he really is. Not the religious Jesus. The real one. The real one with power. The real one that still heals. The real one that still delivers. The real one that still fills with the Holy Ghost. Amen? The real one who, who, who will heal your body and change your life and mend your broken heart and keep your marriage together and, and, and make sure your kids are good and protected. And the, the one, uh, I mean, isn't he good? Isn't he amazing? He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Who do you say that he is, though? That's the question. And Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not what? Revealed. I'm just one minute here, uh, um, and, and I promise you I'm not keeping you till, uh, uh, too long, all right? But what is revealed? Revelation. Yes, you need to renew your mind with the Word of God. You must do that. You have to do that. You're going to get messed up in this world if you don't. But what you and I need right now is more revelation. The Lord, because I was just struggling with some things, and he said, they don't need something new. They just need fresh revelation. Come on. People scare me who always have something new. But what we need is keep walking how we know God, but it needs to be fresh. Does anybody, I, I don't know about you, I don't eat much bread anymore. So when I eat it, I want the, I want the Logan's Roll bread. <laughs> if I'm going to eat a biscuit, I want the Cracker Barrel fresh biscuit. Not, and, and I don't want the one left over from yesterday. If I'm going to eat bread, if I'm going to go, because I don't eat it. But when I do eat it, if I'm going to eat a piece of pie, that crust better be the best I ever had. In other words, I'm very selective now. Old bread, no thank you. Even if I buy a loaf of bread, I think this irritates my wife, but when we buy some and it's not fresh, I'll dig into the middle of it. I, won't, I don't want the stale ones on the end. I, if I'm going to eat it, I want the fresh stuff. 
But spiritually, that's what you need to demand right now. Not just demand it from me, but demand it of yourself. I want fresh bread. It's not that you've, I've already heard that. If, if you're, that's your mentality, I've already heard that, then, then you've gotten stale. You, you need fresh bread. So this is what Jesus is saying. My Father revealed that to you. I pray the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would have a revelation knowledge of him, that you would really know him and know who he is to you so that you can walk in all that is. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And so just to move on from there, so we've been talking about a lot of things, and I'm not going to review. But today I want to talk to you about Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Now, a lot of people, and I didn't know it, I thought Christ was Jesus' last name when I was little. Um, I, you know, especially when I heard it taken in vain all the time. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what Christ meant. Christ is simply Christos, which means the anointed one or the chosen one. So Christ is of, speaks of divinity. Christ speaks of the power on his life. But And sometimes Christ is singular in the word of God and when it's speaking of him, but Jesus, the Christ, or Jesus Christ, Jesus, his earthly name that was given to him, how many know there's power in that name? And remember, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I mean, so that's important to know. Jesus, the Holy One, who was of Nazareth. Why? Why is that? Because that's Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Because Christ is... So so sometimes when you don't understand it and you don't separate it out, you just run it all together. But Christ is a very important thing to know that he is. He is the anointed one. And when you know him as the anointed one, you can partake of the anointing. And the hour we live in, you need to know much about the anointing. You need to know much, much about the, the power of God. And so everybody say, Jesus is the Christ. And so I want to look at this um, in uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 1. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 1. And there we're in the same, how many know Christmas is coming up? This is a Christmas scripture, but we can, is it all right if I use it pre-Christmas? And there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night, verse 9. It says, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon, came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10. It says, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. Verse 11. For unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, again fulfilling prophecy, which is, here comes the Savior, Christ the Lord, the anointed one. The cho- Jesus, this baby born in a manger, is, make no mistake about it, he is the Christ. He is the Son of God. He is the chosen one. And so they wanted them to know that. And an angel came and announced it to the shepherds. And then you find this in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. says, and uh, the two of, uh, one of the two of them which heard John speak followed him, uh, followed Jesus, which was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother Simon and said unto him, which we have found the Messiah. So Andrew's all excited, and he goes and tells Peter, and he said, we found him, the Messiah, 
which is being interpreted the Christ. So Christ also means the, the one who was to come, the Messiah, the appointed one of God, the one that was prophesied about in the old covenant and the, and the prophets the, and the minor prophets. This is the one. Jesus, the man, is the guy. He's the one who is the Christ. Everybody say, Jesus is the Christ. Now, don't let this get past you because everything, because Jesus is the healer. How I many you know, if you don't know that Jesus still heals today, you can't receive healing. If you don't believe it's his will, if you don't believe that's who, listen to me. When Jesus was raised from the dead, everything he is, you've got to know that so you can receive that from him. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. Most people don't know that, but remember what John the Baptist said? Behold the Lamb of God. Who is Jesus? He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I can't untie, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. I baptize you with water under repentance, but there's a day coming when he's going to baptize you, fully immerse you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is healer. Jesus is baptizer of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is provider. Jesus is peace. Jesus is love. Jesus is, Jesus is, Jesus is. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the Messiah. And then it says this in John chapter 11, verse 25. You remember... Um, Martha and Mary, after, Jesus, after Lazarus has died, you remember he took his sweet time getting there, and they're all crying and fussing. But I like this in John eleven twenty five. 25. John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. <laughs> Who is Jesus? I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the resurrection. I just don't raise people. I am. The, you see, he doesn't just do things. He is that. And if you believe that about him, you'll experience that. I, anything dead in your life, he can bring it back. I want to talk to somebody in your room. You think your business is dead? You start putting Jesus, the resurrection in it, and he'll bring it back to life. You think your marriage is dead? Start making Jesus the center of it because he's the resurrection and he is the life. And if he that believes on me, though he were dead, he's going to live. And then this is what she said, verse 26. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believest thou this? This is what she said. Got to get to her. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ. She confessed that about him. Why is that important? Well, she just released the anointing and she didn't even know it. I think, she, I think he needed her to release the anointing. What, Christ, what does it mean? The anointed one. See, when you say Christ, you're talking anointing. You're talking power. And what the world needs now is, yes, agape, sweet agape. <laughs> I don't know that's not the way they sing it. But what they need right now, they need some power. Power to live. Power. They need the power of God in their life. He said, she said, I, yeah, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God. Which I, this, I believe that. I believe you're the resurrection. I believe, I believe you're the Christ. That was her confession of faith. And when she confessed that, the anointing came on the scene. And that's why he was able to say, Lazarus, come up. And aren't you glad? I would, you know, he, he just said Lazarus because otherwise there would have been like 50 people come up out of the dead. Hallelujah. I, I even like this. Uh, I, I usually don't like to give demons any credit, but let's look at Luke chapter 4. Because they're a bunch of liars. But sometimes there's some truth mixed in. But this is interesting. Luke chapter 4, verse 41. 
Luke chapter 4, 41. Um, it says, because uh, he was ministering to people, um, he was in, this is when he was in Peter's uh, house and his mother-in-law was sick and uh, he rebuked the fever. And then when the sun was setting, everybody heard about it and they came and he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. Verse 41 said, and devils also came out of many crying saying, you are the Christ. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he didn't want any of their advertising, so he told them to shut up. But they knew it. And the devils know if you know it. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Everybody needs to know who you are. Do you know who you are? You, and you can't know who you are until you know who he is. And I, I feel like a lot of people misinterpret this. You know, in Ephesians, the Ephesians prayer, the hope of his calling, they always say that's our calling. I, don't, I study it, I don't believe that. You've got to know his calling before you can ever figure out who you are. If you can figure out who you are in Christ, you're going to be all right. Amen. There's a lot of people confused about their identity because their identity is not in Christ. You're going to be messed up if you don't know who you are in Christ. Amen. Are you in Christ? So even the demons knew. And he told them to shut up because he didn't want, you know, I don't need your advertisement. But they knew he was the Christ. They knew he had to, they had to obey. So everybody say, Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Now, what did this all mean? Well, what did it translate to? Even after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, when he was seated at the right hand, let's begin to look at the church. So let's look at after Jesus departed, let's look at some things in the book of Acts. So let's start with Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Um, it says, uh, you know, uh, Peter's up preaching. He said, men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you about the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is uh, with us unto this day. In other words, his bones are still in there. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn him an oath to him, that the fruit of his loins, speaking of Jesus, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ. Why didn't he say Jesus? Well, are they interchangeable? Yes and no, because Christ is pointing to the anointed one, the chosen one, the Messiah. Uh, the all, he's all God. He wants to remind, all, is all, he's all God. Seeing there, this, uh, verse 31, he's seen this before, spoke of the resurrection of the anointed one. Spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. Spoke of the resurrection of the chosen one. That his soul, speaking of Jesus, was not left in hell. Well, if it's not left in hell, that means he went to hell. And I know a lot of church folk don't like that, and a lot of people who don't understand that, but Jesus was our full substitute, the Lamb of God. He took all your sin, all your sickness, all your disease, all your poverty, all your shame, all your pain. He took everything. Yes, it was nailed to them, him on the tree, but, but when that came upon him, he was, uh, as he went overwhelmed, he went into the bowels of hell. Uh-oh, I'm going to start preaching. Colossians 2.15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, Try something over them in it. In what? In Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And then he sat down after he put the blood on the mercy seat. But the Bible says the Christ went to hell so you don't got to. The anointed one, the Messiah went to hell so you don't got to. Hallelujah. He paid it all. He paid it all as the anointed one. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. He, uh, uh, he's seen this, uh, verse 31 again. Um, 
Let's run into it. According to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He's seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. His soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. Well, I wouldn't think so. After three days, nothing, you know, everything's good. Hallelujah. With this Jesus has God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Amen. Are you a witness of the resurrection? Amen. Acts 17. Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 2. So this is Paul preaching. Peter's preaching. Now Paul's preaching. Verse 2. And Paul, as his manner was, went up to them uh, uh, and three Sabbath days reasoned with him. So three, three times in a row about the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ. Notice it doesn't say the anointed one, the Messiah. The Christ, the anointed one, must needs to have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus, now he's going to the man that they all see. This Jesus, whom I preach to you, whose name we're using, he's the Christ. So there's no thinking about, is anybody else coming? There's no thinking, was that man all man and all God? Just so you know, he was all man and he was all God. Your brain can't figure that out, but your heart knows it's true. And he's pointing to him, and it's on purpose by the Spirit of God. And this Jesus whom I preach, this Jesus whose name I use, this Jesus whom, whom when I lay hands on you or I speak that name that you can be healed by, I, I want you to really know he's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He is the anointed one. Everybody say, Jesus is the anointed one. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and the devout Greeks and great multitude of the chief women, not a few. And so we see that. Okay, so I want to remind, oh, in Acts, I love this scripture, you love this scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. What is the anointing? What is the anointing? It says, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That anointing. So let's talk about the anointing because that's what Christ means, the anointed one. So that anointing that Jesus, after he was baptized in water, remember the Holy Ghost uh, came upon him and the Father said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. That anointing, what is that? What does the anointing do? Isaiah 10, 27. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Anything the devil has tried to put on you. Jesus clearly said in John 10, 10, it's the thief or the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anything that comes into your life, into your marriage, into your family, into your business, into any anything about you that's taking away the blessings of God or trying to get the blessings, anything that's stealing, anything that's destroying, anything that's trying to kill, it always comes from the devil. It always comes from the devil. It always comes from the devil. And that anointing that was on Jesus where he went about and he was doing good. I don't have time to talk about it, but he was doing good. But it also meant that he had the blessing on his life. He had a treasure and everywhere he went, he was dispersing natural goods as well. That's what it means. It's philanthropy, whatever. You ought to be a philanthropist. Hallelujah. You ought to have enough. You ought to be blessed enough to buy Nikes for every child you ever come in contact with. You ought to be blessed enough that everybody, 10 behind you at the Kroger, that you just say, I'm paying for everybody's groceries. 
Amen. Let, we can bump up from being at Chick-fil-A and paying for the one. That's good. But let's believe for the next 10. Or how about the whole day? Oh, that's big. Well, he's a big God, and you could be blessed that big. You're blessed not to hold it on. You don't need 10 cars. Unless you're collecting them. But you don't need to. I, you can only drive one at a time. We're blessed to be a blessing. That'll help somebody. Maybe you're new. Oh, is this one of those prosperity churches? Yes. But we're not a hoarding church. We're blessed to give it away. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Jesus is the Christ. What is the Christ? The anointed one. How God anointed. Who? God. How many know God's still here? If God's the, the if, if, it, if the Holy Ghost, if God anointed him, if the Holy Ghost came upon him, it's the same Holy Ghost. Not a lesser Holy Ghost, but the anointing still for today. That's still like when we lay hands on people, they fall out. What is that? That's the anointing. It's real. Have some people made hocus pocus out of it? Yeah, but I'm not going to quit driving my car because somebody killed somebody with theirs. Right? We know, we know him, and we're not going to pull away from what others have uh, misused. The anointing is real, and it's what destroys. If I were the devil, I'd make everyone afraid of the anointing. If I were the devil, I'd make everybody think it was a bunch of hocus pocus. If I, but, but listen to me. The devil's not smarter than God. And I'm telling you, there's coming a power of God again where people are going to quit questioning, is that God or not? Hallelujah. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. The anointing was on Jesus, the same Holy Ghost that's here today. He, he anointed him, the Holy Ghost, with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So anything that kills, steals, or destroys, Jesus was undoing it. How? With the anointing. Amen. You know this one, but Luke chapter 4. He quoted this from Isaiah 61. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. You know this verse, but let's look at it. Verse uh, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What is that? Because he has anointed. Everybody say, Jesus is the Christ. What is that? The anointed one. He said, the Spirit of the Lord. So what does the Spirit of the Lord do? He comes upon. Aren't you glad the Lord lives in you? How many know the Spirit of God's in you? And in the new covenant, we have it way better than the old covenant. Because the God, Spirit of God lives in us, and the Spirit of God also comes upon us. Amen? We have a new and better covenant. It's Christ. Uh-oh, I don't want to get ahead. Hallelujah. How many know it's the, God lives in you? The anointing comes on you. So the Spirit of the Lord's upon Jesus. And listen to me. You better be confessing the Spirit of the Lord's on me too. On you, not me. The Spirit of the Lord came out quite right. Yeah, you can confess he's on me. But confess, everybody say it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Same Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Why? He's anointed me. To do what? To preach. Well, I'm not a preacher, but you're a sharer. You're a minister of reconciliation. You've been given the word of reconciliation. You have a word in due season. So he's anointed you to preach the gospel. To who? The poor. He's a, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many know there's a bunch of brokenhearted people out there? They show that by their actions. Quit being mad at them. They're broken. Give them the word and give them the anointing that'll mend them, that'll heal them, that'll help them. 
to preach deliverance to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19, to preach unto them the acceptable year of the Lord or jubilee. What's jubilee? The anointing's on me to tell you it's jubilee time. What is that? That means everything the devil ever took for you, he's got to get it back. The Lord promised us that he would restore the years that the locust has eaten. Amen. I believe that. Don't change, you can't change my mind. Amen. First John chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Giving you a lot of scripture today, but that's good. Um, people must recognize Jesus as the Christ. And I know you know this, but he wasn't just a man. He wasn't a prophet. Just a, he wasn't a prophet. He was the fivefold ministry. He was apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Because remember, he's I'm the good shepherd. Did he teach? Yeah, he taught. Did he operate in the office of prophet? Sure, he did. Was he apostle? He was the first one. He was sent one. Sent from heaven. Was he an evangelist? Yeah, he, he could. They weren't saved as like we know saved, but he was getting them ready. Remember the woman at the well. Yeah. But everybody has to understand that Jesus is the Christ. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is a big deal. This is not, what I'm preaching to you today is not a small thing. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. What does it mean? Antichrist, yes, maybe it's a person, but it's just someone who's against the anointing. It's someone who's against the power. It's someone who's against the reality of God. It's someone who just likes things religious. Form of godliness. Denying the power. Denying the anointing. Denying the Christ. They believe in Jesus. They deny the Christ. That side of him. You're thinking. They, they deny the anointing. They deny it that it exists. They, they deny its right to operate. They deny it. It doesn't even mean they don't believe in it. They just deny it. They don't give it ability. That person is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Verse 23. Maybe y'all thinking too much. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Whoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Romans 8, 9 through 12. We're just running into this one real quick. Romans 8, giving you lots of scripture, but, um, you know, something's not scriptural until you have a scripture. <laughs> well, I just believe. That's not important. What does the word say? That's the only thing you can believe. Well, I just believe. Anybody that starts it out like that, you've got to watch them because they're about to give you their opinion. Our belief is that you don't have a right to your belief. You have a right to the word of God. We don't, we don't get a belief and then try to find it in the Bible. We go to the Bible and it forms our beliefs. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Verse 10. And if Christ, oh, the spirit of God. If Christ be, everybody say Christ is in me. Woo, the anointed one's in me. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. Verse 11. Verse 11, but the, the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead. How I many you know the Holy Ghost is saying, being here very specific, not just Jesus, raised up the Messiah, raised up the anointed one. 
And if that same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the, mm -mm, you better think about that. The same spirit, not the different spirit, the same person, the greatest display of power ever. When, when, when he went into the bowels of hell, when Jesus had finished his assignment, when he won the victory for you and I, when our sins were paid for, when every sickness and disease was taken care of, when poverty was taken care of, when confusion was taken care of, when all that mess was taken care of, the Holy Ghost went into the bowels of hell, grabbed a hold of Jesus and everybody that would ever believe at the same time and raised him up from the dead. That's why the Bible says that's the greatest display of power ever. And that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also do what? Quicken your mortal bodies. How many know we don't have to live in sin? We don't have to practice sin. That's talking about right now. That's not talking about your changed body. That's talking about your body right now. How many know if you get your body quickened with the Holy Ghost, if you get your body quickened with the Christ, if you get your body quickened with that anointing, what happens is your body comes alive. Hallelujah. No sickness, no disease can dwell there, and sin can't remain there. Verse number 12, hallelujah. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Why? Because the Christ, the anointing, lives on the inside of us. 1 John 1, 5 and 1. 1 John 5 and 1. And then we'll go through the. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, I believe that he is God. I believe that he's the anointed one. I believe that he is Christ, is born of God. And everyone that loves him, that begat loveth him, also that he begotten of him. Everybody say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now for you and I as a Christian, as you and I as a believer, do you got any believers in the room today? Hallelujah. You're born again. You're now the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's some in him or in Christ realities that I just want to leave you with. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. You can go ahead and start playing Doppo. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with the Christ. Nevertheless, come on, I live. Yet not I. This is not about you. This is about who lives in you. Are going to yield to him. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is our confession. Say, I'm crucified with Christ, and I'm alive. But yet not I. It's Christ that lives in me. Ephesians 3.17. Ephesians 3.17. That Christ may dwell in, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And there's a whole lot more there, but I want you to confess it. Say, that, say this with me. Say, Christ dwells in my heart by faith. Philippians 4.13, you all know this one. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The emphasis here, and I don't know when you say that all the time, are you realizing you're talking about the Christ? You're talking about the Messiah. You're talking about the anointed one. So you could even say this, the anointing of Christ lives in me. And because of that, he strengthens me. And because of that, I can do all things. Amen. Not in yourself. Your willpower is not enough today. 
Come on, I don't. I know I got some people in this church that you're good business people. You're 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 intelligent. You're engineers and rocket scientists and military military people. They got strong wills, but your will is not enough anymore. You've got to know the Christ. You've got to know the Christ. You've got to know the anointing. And everybody say it again. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ. Not in my own strength. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. But it's by the Holy Ghost. I can do it. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I saved my favorite one for the last. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. Woo! What's the glory? It's the anointing. It's the power of God. It's the reality of who God is. It's the material that Adam and Eve were clothed in. It is the substance of heaven. It's the light of God. It's the power of God. It's the presence of God. It's the Holy Ghost. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is, it was held a mystery. If the devil would have known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. That's what the scripture said. Not just the Lord, the Lord of glory. Because what the devil didn't know, when Jesus yelled out, it is finished. And he got up from the grave and was seated at the right hand of God. That undid the veil that was between us and God. And God became our Father. He became Abba to us. And not only that, everyone that would believe on Jesus the Christ, God the Holy Ghost was going to be able to move on the inside of them. And God said, I will be to them a God and they're going to be to me a people. I will live in them. I will move in them. Hallelujah. I'm going to live in them. I'm going to live in them. That's what 1 Corinthians 3, 16 619 says you are now the temples of the Holy Ghost what is that I'm the temple of Christ the anointed one he lives in me what is that mystery it's Christ in you it's Christ in you it's the Messiah the anointed one the chosen one he lives in you what is that it's the hope it's the expectation of the manifestation of the glory of God why because Jesus is the Christ